Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Empire. Welcome to the latest edition of All's Caps with former Capitals defenseman Carl Osner. I'm AP hockey writer Steve Wino. We are joined by NBC Sports Washington's J.J. Reagan. J.J., thanks for joining us. Oh, I'm pumped. Ever since Carl's stupid questions became a thing, I, I've been waiting breathlessly for my turn at this, so I'm pumped to be here. <laughs> so, Carl, <laughs> I, I'm hoping you have some special questions here because J.J. is actually prepared for this. Yeah, I mean, I got a couple. We'll see. I'm, I'm sure I can... Uh, uh, there's a couple new ones in there, so I think I'll... Hopefully, get some good answers from you. We'll, we'll, we'll awesome. get we'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, Carl and I, I, I remiss to to not mention Mike the death of Mike Bossy last week. Uh, Alex Ovechkin obviously recent had recently or not so recently now passed Mike Bossy on the scoring list. But uh, just a, a guy who was one of the greatest goal scorers in NHL history, uh, a, a great human being, somebody who their career was over a ten year period of time. Won the Stanley Cup four times. I'm curious, both your guys' thoughts on just kind of the legacy of Mike Bossy. In, in, in I know he's not a Capitals guy, but somebody who kind of transcends the Islanders in Long Island. Yeah, JJ, I'd love for you to go hit on this first if you if you can, and then I I got a couple things. Just looking at his his stat line, it's it's pretty crazy. Yeah, sure. I mean, the thing about Mike Bossy is he's held as one of the greatest players of all time, and the dude played ten ten seasons. Right. Yeah. He's tied with Wayne Gretzky for the most 50-goal seasons. He played 10 seasons. I mean, how, I mean, this guy, maybe this guy legitimately could have given Wayne Gretzky a run for his money if he if his career hadn't been hampered by injuries. So someone that's probably not talked about as much in the pantheon of all-time greats as he should be, just an all-time great scorer. And, you know, it, it's his. even with that, his career is still, man, what could have been? Yeah, that, well, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's like like when you think of best players of all time, like people go Gretzky, Lemieux, they go, you know, Bobby Orr, Gordy Howe. Gordy Howe. They, they, no one ever brings up Mike Bossy. And, you know, I didn't I didn't watch him enough to know if he was terrible defensively or something like that or what what he did to, to not be in that category. But I think it's be, longevity. I, I, I think that's I think that's got to be one of the reasons, right? Yeah, but longevity, yeah, but consistency, like that's consistent hockey right there. Like who's been more consistent than that, you know, in, in 10 years? Like that's that's just wild. And even that last year that he played, like I had that's just up here. He only played 63 games and he still had 38 goals. Like the way that he scores, <laughs> he might have been able to get up to 50 again. You know, it's it's just insane to, to think that. I, I had no idea when I really dug into it after – after hearing that he passed away, like that, that to me is, is just mind blowing. Like I can't even believe it. Yeah. And, and, and he had no, no one scored more goals per, per game over his career than Mike Bossy. That speaks to, this, to that consistency. Yeah. He's the boss. That's uh that's just, that's all it is right there. I'm, I, it's very, very sad. I mean, that's three Islanders, right? This yep. year from that that's, era. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, it's just awful that, 
that whole area is probably hurting uh, right now. It's especially the the people who are fans in that era. In that era. Yeah, and and the Islanders a little after that era kind of gave the Capitals fits. We got the Pat LaFontaine, the Easter Epic. Like there's there's a history of the Capitals and the and the Islanders in that sense too. But you also played that that series against the Islanders. You that you said it was like an actually a really tough series to play in. Oh uh, yeah, I think it was the hardest series I've ever I've ever played. In. Hardest playoff series I've ever played in. That and it was. Honestly, mainly because of their fourth line, <laughs> like yeah. you, that that no one ever thinks that, but that fourth line at that time, or for like a three or four year stretch, was was for sure the best fourth line in hockey, and and they still play together. You know, like it's it's pretty crazy. So yeah, that was that was the hardest series. So I have a you know a respect factor for the for the Islanders. Yeah, the, the Islanders are, are coming in here uh, on I guess Monday night or whatever Tuesday night next week. One of the final games of the regular season, a couple games against uh, then, and also the Rangers coming up. Ultimately, winning and losing these games, how the Penguins do is going to maybe how the Bruins do is going to determine which team the Capitals face in the playoffs. And, and and we've all kind of had this this exchange privately on text message about kind of who the best uh, or worst matchup for the Capitals are. And I'm curious first with you, JJ. Who's the and look right now? It looks like it's either going to be Carolina, the Rangers, or the Panthers. And, and so, so let's let's use those three as as the possibilities. What's the best and what's the worst matchup for the Caps in the first round of, of, among those teams? Well, the best matchup, and I'll give you the caveat: if if Freddie Anderson is going to miss time or he's a question mark, then yep. the, the best matchup there is Carolina. Carolina is deeper than the Capitals are; they're better than the Capitals are. But Carolina is also a bit emotional, and you can drag them into a physical battle, and that benefits the Cap. The Caps, because the Caps are at their best when they play a physical style. So I think the Capitals can sort of uh, can lure them into a physical battle. Uh, if Freddie Anderson is there, then I'd probably go with Rangers because, you know, I know a hot goalie can make up for a lot. And so, you know, careful what you wish for there because Igor Shesterkin is about a year away from being the best goalie in the world. So maybe he can carry the Rangers, but he's carried the Rangers all year. They're not as good as their record. It, it says they are. Uh, the worst matchup is definitely Florida. I mean, they have an they are an offensive buzzsaw, and the Capitals' biggest weakness is goaltending. That is not a, not a good mix, right? <clears throat> yeah, that's not a good mix. And I know people are already bringing this up, and I, I brought this up in our area little text message. It said, "How long until people start comparing the Panthers to the 2010 Capitals?" Okay, fair. You know, it, they score all the time. They allow teams to build up big leads, and they have to come back. Their goaltending a little suspect in the playoffs. Okay. All that is fair. The reason the Capitals lost, all those were factors, but the biggest issue that the Capitals faced in that series was that they, there was a goalie who went absolutely bananas and nuts and shut them down completely. Do the Capitals have that? I, <laughs> it doesn't seem like they do at this point. So I'm not sitting there saying 2010 Caps, Caps can definitely beat the Panthers. I think that would be by far the worst matchup. Yeah, but and did, did anyone think that the Habs had it either, right? They didn't think that they had it in Halax, and he just kind of no. did that. So, you know, fingers crossed that maybe they do have it. But I agree with you. Everything you said is exactly the way I feel. I, I feel like the uh, the the Rangers would be, like, the way that I see the the series, I think the, the Panthers one, and we know things can change, but Panthers one would be not good. The Rangers one would be fun because I think it could be emotional. I think uh, – I think it would be the rate that Madison Square Garden is an unbelievable place to play. I think the energy would be would be great. Um, so I think that would be a really fun series to play in. Um, I think it would be fun for fans as well. The Carolina one, I've always just been a just I, I don't understand the Carolina Hurricanes. I uh, 
I, they they keep doing so good. They have great records, um, but for whatever reason, it's just one of those teams that hasn't fully gotten my full respect. I guess you could say is what the honest opinion is. When they definitely deserve it, but it's a history I guess that I have in my own mind about the Carolina Hurricanes. So, um, but yeah, as you said, if Anderson's out, that's that to me is the number one matchup. Um, but I would really like to see uh, Caps Rangers one because I think that there's some some good history there. I'm glad I keep going first if you agree with me with all these. Yeah, well, I mean, you got good opinions, man. (laughs) (laughs) Those Caps Rangers series were always fun, and and not to kind of jinx this from happening or anything, but like, what were your favorite memories, both of uh, JJ kind of like being around these series and watching them, and Carl playing in some of those Caps Rangers series? Ooh, Caps Rangers. Uh, Because we were younger. Like, I I wasn't quite even in the business yet for that Fedorov series, and that was before Carl got in the league. But then once after that. I was not I was not in the business during the Fedorov series, but I was a fan watching it in college. I remember being <laughs> there with my roommate, who was a Cats fan, watching that game, and it's one one. A New York Rangers fan who was in our fraternity walks into the room to trash talk us because that was a series the Capitals should have just completely dominated. It's game seven. It's one one in the third period. He walks in to trash talk us as Fedorov scores, and he just. You know that that Simpsons meme where the Grandpa Simpson, yep, where yep. Grandpa just turns around and walks right. That's exactly what he just turned around, walked back out, didn't see him the rest of the night. So you know, this is a little bit before I was in the business, but that was definitely my favorite memory. That's unreal. I mean, I, for me, it was uh, we had that one. We had a couple, you know, good battles against them, but I think it was I think it was a playoffs. Is that when Bruce said that he doesn't really even hear the yes. fans? And, 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 yes. Yeah, and then they're, then they chanted, "Can you hear us?" Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I think that would, that would probably be it for me. Just, just hearing like, like I get so many good memories from buildings, you know, a building that was loud and, and something will stick out, you know, going into it, knowing that it's going to be just crazy. That, that to me is what uh, sticks out for me. And that's probably why, like, so when I started, started out every time I went to MSG, I was terrible. I was a minus player every single game. Yeah. Probably for the first two or three years at least. And then starting to play, starting to play some playoff series against them. And, you know, you have to play the team that many times. It just started to get a little bit better. And, uh, yeah, I don't know if you if you can pull that up. If that's what you're doing right now, I'd be, uh, I'd be curious to see. But I'm pretty sure I was, I was minus two, minus three quite a few times at the beginning. No, I was going to ask you, do you remember how that, that Can You Hear Us game ended? Um, did we win that game? That was the Jason Chimera double overtime. Goal. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yes, I knew I had good memories for a reason. Yeah, I was I was I was in the building that night. That was that was one of the more fun nights, kind of being in this business. Um, when we come back on All's Caps, uh, a little more more talking with JJ Reagan, just about covering the Capitals, what he sees in this team right now, and of course later on, Carl's stupid questions. You ready? Showtime on May third. Summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to All's Caps with former Capitals defenseman Carl Alter and NBC Sports Washington's J.J. Reagan. I am AP hockey writer Steve Wino. Uh, J.J., like you, you cover this team for, for a little bit now. I, I'm just curious, very big picture, 10,000 feet. And, and I, I know going into the playoffs in 18, we probably thought, eh, this team doesn't have it, the window's closed. I, I just want, from your 10,000 feet opinion, being around this team for so long, where you think this team is at right now. Because we're not far from, from a game one of the playoffs here, and you're starting to get a sense of what this team is, some of the chemistry, some of the line combinations that Peter Laviolette might be working with here. Yeah, they're definitely building something, it feels like. Ever since the, the you know dreaded players-only meeting, and it, that seemed to work and spark them, it seems like they're, they're starting to build some chemistry. You know, um, they're, they're playing better. There was the blip against Toronto. But overall, their offense seems to have caught fire, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I like some of the play, the line combinations we're starting to see with what Peter Laviolette is doing there. Uh, but the big question, as always, and the thing that can undo you or make or break your playoffs is, is goaltending. Goaltending, to me, is just as much a question mark now as it was a few months ago. I don't I, I don't share the same optimism people have of Vitek Vanacek. I, I, he's totally over he's done better than I could have ever expected having watched him from training camps year over year over the year there, you know, a few years ago, there was a training camp where he was going to get the start and I saw him in the morning skate and I thought this guy will be lucky to get 750 tonight. Oh my gosh. How is he going to do? And he's completely exceeded my expectations. Good on him. I still don't see him as a number one in the NHL. And I, I, I think there is a sense. I think people are making a leap of, I don't like Ilya Samsonov, or I don't trust Ilya Samsonov. Therefore, Vitek Vanacek is an is an NHL number one goalie, and it's like those two things don't necessarily equal one another. You can have more faith in Vitek Vanacek, but I don't. I, I'm not sure that I see the same optimism that other people do. One of those guys is going to have to catch fire for the Caps to have a chance. But I like the way the offense is shaking out overall if they can stay healthy. Yeah, I think going, just going back to the, to the goalies there, I, I think what I like about Vitek is that he just technically he seems better. You know, he seems like he's moving like in unison. His body does things together. And and he's I think compact. that's maybe what gives. Yeah, he's a little bit more compact looking. I mean, maybe that's what gives me the the confidence in him. I, it feels like he's doing things the right way um, with whereas with Samsonov, it's he he's probably I don't I don't know for sure, but it seems maybe like a little bit more athletic you know like he can sure. yeah. a little bit more of an acrobat in there and and <clears throat> while that gives you some nice flash every now and then i think it leads to maybe a few more holes and and on the off days it's it's a little bit worse so i guess maybe that's uh, you know what what i see in in vanacek and then in terms of just the way that the, the the lines and stuff are shaking out i'm curious like i was while you're talking i was just trying to think so we talked about the islanders uh fourth line but just going back like in in history over the last 15 or so years like has there been a a line that the caps have had that have really has really like stuck out as being like that's 
that's the line, you know, like I know that there's been a bit of a revolving door of the, the winger with, uh, with Nikki and Ovi a uh, bunch of years back. And now Nikki and Kuzi kind of, you know, you switch and interchange quite often, but like, do we have a line? Have we had a line like that? That that's just been super consistent that everybody loves. Well, Hagelin down halfway was that right, JJ? It was that. Yeah. That, that was the consistent one. The other one that, unfortunately got broken up a little bit was uh Ovechkin Kuznetsov Wilson I've always loved mm-hmm. that line that it was a huge factor in the playoffs and then it's sort of I, I I find it funny that they trade for Marcus Johansson and all of a sudden they have to figure out who the winger on, on the top line is goes, wait a minute you added a guy and now you don't have a top line player <laughs> uh and I, I get it they're trying to spread the wealth a little bit so moving Wilson and it certainly seems to work because Mantha Eller Wilson seems to have caught fire that line looks great lately so you know that's why labulette makes the big bucks and i'm and i'm writing from the press box rather than behind the bench i guess but uh you know yeah the the fourth line for the cats is such an asset for them and that you've got if you can get the combos right and get consistent scoring from the top three you also have that fourth line it's just a pain in the ass to play against that can hem you in your own zone oh, yeah. and score a goal now and then um so a huge asset for the cats Carl, is is it too much? Like, is is loading up Wilson on the top line too much? Because I, I look, I don't think you ever imagined Marcus Johansson as a top line winger. I know he started there, but like, you're not trading for Marcus, thinking we've just got a, a top line winger to play with with Ovi and Kuzi in that spot. But is Connor Sherry really that guy? It, it just it feels like if TJ Yoshi doesn't maybe have his legs under him, and you want to maybe keep his ice time limited, that there's a major problem of how do you keep uh, maybe an Eller Mantha. Wilson line together, but also make sure the top line has some sort of element beyond Ovechkin and Kuznetsov. Yeah, well, I, th- I think that uh, th- at times, you know, to spice things up, they'll, they'll change it. And they know that they have a bit of a weapon bringing, uh, bringing Tom up to the top line. But I think Connor Sherry's been good on that first line. You know, I, I think he brings that element of like tenacity and finish as well. You know, he's he's good in front of the net. He's proven playoff performer as well. So yeah, he's played with Sid I, before, too. So it doesn't, it's not surprising. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think that that's, uh, I think he's actually a pretty darn good fit on that line. Um, I, you know, we, I think we all love the, the Eller, uh, Mantha Wilson line right now. They've been, they've been solid and that's a just big bodies, you know, like that's a kind of an intimidating line to come out and start against your know, first, first, um, face off of the playoffs, you know, and they, they go ahead and dump the puck in and come after you. Right. Uh, so I think that that line is solid. And so then, yeah, so it brings me to that, the, I guess called the second line, um, how that one's going to shake out, right? Because there's some good players, like really good players that can be on it. It's just finding the right combination, the right chemistry and when they're going. Like, I love JoJo. I, I think he's he's a solid player. He skates well, passes well, sees the game really well. But, you know, he's been gone for a few years and then, and there's new players. And so trying to get him back into the swing of things with the, with yeah, the system. It's taking a while, right? Like, this is like, it's taking yeah. a while for him to kind of find his footing here still. Yeah, exactly. So I, we don't have a whole lot of time. The team doesn't have a whole lot of time. So it's uh, it's trying to figure out where he fits in. And then the fourth line is the best, most consistent line pretty much all season. So you don't really want to mess with that a whole lot. So it, I think what it is, it's nice to have options, right? There's going to be injuries. Guys are going to be bogged down at some point. So, you know, you have players that can slot in here and there. But, but yeah, ideally, you'd like to have these uh, sorted out at this point. 
Sure. And one, one off the ice question, because like JJ and I are around the team uh, fairly often at, at, at MedStar and, and after games and all that sort of thing. I'm curious, JJ, your vibe of this team, kind of the mood of this team, because to me, it's been a roller coaster. It's been a, a lot of there are some really good moods and there's some some down moods and it's hard to stay consistent. But like, do you have a sense for kind of the vibe around this team and kind of what we're going to see when I guess it's that Sunday before the playoffs and they're going to get ready for a, for a first round series? Yeah, so they've always been a tight-knit group that, you know, something they always talk about is how much they like their locker room, how much they like the vibe there, the chemistry there. That's something that they've always been big on. But to me, it feels like they circled the wagons a little bit more. They're a little bit more private with what goes on in that locker room. They're a little bit more, you know, oh, that's going to stay in the room. Or, you know, we always laugh about Laviolette. They're working through things in the room. But, you know, it, it's it's harder to get some of the players to open up about things than it used to be. And that part of that may just be the nature of, of doing these things on Zoom rather than being able to go into the locker room and just shoot the breeze with some of these players and, and you know, just hang out with them. So it, it feels like I think they're still loose. I still think they like being there. I still think they like being together. And they still have that sense of camaraderie that has been an asset for this team. But I wonder if there's a sense of of – seriousness that's coming with with this year uh maybe it's because they realize that they're getting older and you know those cracks are starting to show and how many more kicks of the can they're going to get but it seems like they're really circling the wagons a little bit and being a little bit more tight-lipped about a few things this year do you sense that yeah i also think it it makes a difference too with where you are in the standings right if you're if you're at the top of the standings everything's fine you know coaches are always happy players are always happy you can get away with saying a little bit more and and having a little bit more fun. So when things are up and down and, you know, you you don't have it, I guess a lot of times it's when you have those winning streaks, right? You go four or five games with a win, maybe yep. one loss and then three or four with a win. Like that that's a consistent, happy dressing room. When you go one, 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 one or two, 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 whatever, like, you know, any almost any time after a loss, the dressing room comes down, right? Doesn't matter how tight of a team you are, things things get a little bit more quiet. Um, and so with so much up, up and down this season, that probably doesn't help with, uh, the excitement, I guess, when you're answering questions and, and just, you know, show, showing off on social media or whatever it is too. So I think that probably puts a little bit of a damper on things, but I've noticed a little bit of that as well. Just, just in talking to the guys and stuff that things seem to be like busy, you know, like there, like there's just so much going on with, with everything right now that, that um, doesn't seem like there's as much time for just, you know, messing around, having fun, being being that Washington Capitals team that I think a lot of fans have kind of grown to to love because they're a, clearly a team that likes to have fun. Absolutely. And I did look it up before we go. Uh, your first four games in Madison Square Garden, minus three, minus three, plus one, minus two. Just, just, <laughs> just, just so we can AP fact check that one. Um, when we come back on All's Caps, uh, JJ Ragan will be the latest victim of Carl's stupid question. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
Welcome back to All's Caps with former Capitals defenseman Carl Alzer and NBC Sports Washington's J.J. Reagan. Uh, as we were just talking on the break, there was an empty net assist that Carl had in his third game at Madison Square Garden for a, a point on, on a Brooks-like empty net goal. So congratulations on that, Carl. And, and now, of course, for your favorite portion of the show, Carl's Stupid Questions. Yeah, thanks for fact-checking that, Wino. <laughs> and I'm happy that we have another vic- uh, guest uh, that knows what's going on with these questions. So we don't have to explain it a whole lot. Um, so, J.J., I got a couple new ones um right. in here so yeah hopefully we can spice it up a little bit but give us your best most honest or best uh, lie of an answer so we can give you some points here okay i don't know if you're a, have a sweet tooth at all but oh, i yeah. do what is the best dessert the best dessert oh okay yeah. uh oh, it's good uh for me, it's apple pie with some vanilla ice cream. I love the apple. I'm not a huge chocolate guy, but I do love chocolate with peanut butter. I think that is I'm so I'm big Reese's. But in terms of dessert, when you're sitting down at a restaurant and having dessert, it's got to have apple and it's got to have vanilla ice cream in it. Oh, nice. Okay. Do you like um, more of like a thick crust or more filling? Oh, so oh, it depends on the crust. So the kind where you got like the, the caramelized sugar on top, that kind of thing where it, it crunches when you bite into it, that, I'm into that. If it's just, you know, like a butter crust, yeah, okay, it's good, not great. You want some textures. Whipped cream or just the vanilla ice cream? I'm not a whipped cream guy. No. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Okay, classic. Apple pie, I love it. Okay, this one I thought of today, so it's kind of a new one. Of these three superpowers, which one would you like to have the most or maybe we can even rank them if you feel like it but for sure which one you'd like to have most okay and they're not your classic superpowers all right so remembering everything so essentially a photographic memory but let's go with like one step above photographic memory because there are people that have that communicate to all living creatures so all animals fish birds whatever it is you can communicate to them so for me, that's great because you could go into the ocean and talk to the sharks and be like, don't eat me. You know, like I'm <laughs> safe. <laughs> so for me, that's a good one. Okay. Um, or you have super hearing, but not to the point where it's annoying, you know, like where you just hear everything all the time and it's messing you up. You can sort through all the voices or all the noises that you can have. So like, let's say like, like dog hearing on like steroids, like to another level. Yeah. So super hearing, communicate to all animals or being able to remember absolutely everything. Well, super hearing, I feel like I would just hear everything, all the bad stuff that everyone says about me behind my back all the time. So I'm or the sure good stuff. Positive. Or the good stuff. Oh, that JJ, he's the man. Yeah, that's what everyone does behind closed doors whenever I leave. Oh, boy, it's too bad he's gone. Um, so I feel like that would be a net negative. I'm intrigued by the animals one, but just because you tell a shark doesn't not to eat you doesn't mean he's going to listen. So That's fair. I, yep. The remembering everything I, I think is is a big bonus because I'm married, and so that would come in very handy in all those arguments <laughs> of I told you no you didn't and you know I'm right because I remember literally everything so I would definitely do the memory one. <laughs> that's awesome. I love the yeah. rationale for that one. Yes, yeah, that's what that's my favorite. When someone can justify why they chose that, like, and and it makes sense, that's perfect. I needed that. I brought this. Um, I thought of this one today because of of a. Of, rule that was enforced recently in this one sport that we can talk about after but um what's of all the sports which one do you think has the most confusing rules the most confusing rules uh 
So I think that ultimately baseball has the most confusing rules because, you know, from an objective observer, you think, okay, so you just hit the ball and hit the bat. Uh, but, you know, oh, if you hit the ball in this area, you don't really have to catch it because it will still be an out. And if you hit it and it, you know, it rolls from here past this line, well, now you don't have to run anymore. It's not a big deal. So I think there's a lot more rules that go into baseball that people would would think. But ultimately, see, I'm talking myself out of this one. Ultimately, football. I played football in high school. I still don't understand half the rules of football. I've watched this my entire that game my entire life. It's still – Oh, you know, illegal formation because this guy was 90 degrees behind this guy and it's Tuesday. And on <laughs> Tuesdays during the win- winter solstice, uh, if this guy is that many degrees behind, it's an illegal formation. And you used to go, what are they talking about? So, so I, you know, first thought was baseball, but after thinking about it, I think it's definitely football. So many rules involved. Have, have, have you guys been, are you, have you guys been like try to, talk baseball or explain baseball rules to your kids like like that's to me going to a baseball game and especially with adults like i've I've gone to baseball games with people who don't know what's going on and it's one of the more frustrating experiences because it doesn't make any sense but we all but if you've watched it you understand it correct but but i will tell you that no one see here's the thing here's the difference people have to explain baseball to you and you eventually get there Football, no one ever explains you the game of football. You either grow up watching it or you don't. And if you don't, then you never really pick it up. My, I've tried to explain football to my wife so many times, but she doesn't get it because she didn't grow up watching it. It's just one of those games that you have to grow up watching. Otherwise, you have no idea what's happening. Yeah, I agree with that, actually. When you think about like it, just so, yeah, someone who's never seen it before and, and all these whistles are happening, like, then commercials and all this stuff, there's just so much that goes into it. Like having, having to the thing that bugs the heck out of me is, is after someone's, after they've kicked an extra point, then there's, then there's the, the kickoff there that goes right through the back, you know, it's pointless. And then we go back to another commercial. I know it's not really a rule, but it's stupid. Uh, it just bugs the heck out of me. Um, but there, I think there's a lot of sports that, that have kind of like rugby has a lot of weird rules as well. Cricket is kind cricket, of strange, but yeah. <laughs> This happened recently, and I, you guys need to look at it at some point. Dylan Fratelli, golfer, he hit a ball, and it got stuck in, like, the branches. It's like a weeping willow tree, and the ball got stuck, so suspended in the air. So the only way he can hit it is pretty much, like, by knocking it out of the tree, right? So he knocks yeah. it out of the tree onto the green and then makes the putt for par. Crazy, right, that he even did that. And right after that happens, he was given a two-stroke penalty for standing aside his ball. So instead of doing it like this, he hit it like this, which is illegal in golf and got a two-stroke penalty while the rules official was watching all this happen. I'm like, like, that's just the dumbest thing ever. Like, the guy just hit the ball out of a branch, suspended in the air, like... There was a sweet play. So for me, it's golf, but sorry. I, I just had to bring that up today because I saw it and I was losing my mind out of frustration. So I, I agree with you though. Football is, is, a, is a tough sport. Let me write that down. Okay. So now I need to know what your favorite and least favorite fruit is. Favorite and least favorite. All right. So favorite is raspberries. They, they do not okay. get the credit they deserve. I love all berries. Raspberries for sure. The top, the top one. So good. Least favorite fruit. Uh, let's see. I'm not a fan of kiwi. 
Kiwi. It it tastes okay. The fur kind of freaks me out. I don't like fur in my fruit. (laughs) Uh, There are too many seeds. The seed to fruit ratio is way off. It's just completely off. And so that that bugs me. Too much fur and too many seeds. Have you ever? So I'm assuming you've never eaten a kiwi uh, skin and all. No, no, no. <laughs> you got to try it. It's awesome. Okay, but well, I was just on raspberries. Great, I totally agree. Great fruit. The most frustrating that and avocado are so frustrating. With all of a sudden there's mold all over the container and oh. that's true. And and Fancy. the one thing about raspberries, I, I love them, but the seed is the exact same width as my teeth, and so it will mm-hmm. sit there on top of my tooth. And I cannot get it out for the life of me. It is the exact perfect width to just sit there on top of my teeth. So very frustrating, but well worth it. <laughs> perfect. Um, okay. I don't know if you care about cars at all, but what, what would be your dream car? Uh, Ford Mustang. Ooh, what year? Ooh, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not into the vintage, so I, I could do, I could do the, the recent, but definitely like deep, Deep blue. Deep blue. Ooh, love it. Okay. Fleur Mustang. Okay. And then, okay. So I asked this one just recently and I thought it was a pretty cool question. If you could have the exclusive interview, the tell all, they wouldn't hold anything back from you. The person has to be living though. Who would it be? Who would you ask to, to talk to? The tell all wouldn't exclude anything. Okay. So for me, it would be Michael Jordan. The reason being, you know, all-time great player, but with all the interviews of all the documentaries of everything, there's still so many questions that people have for this guy. What really happened in the flu game? Oh, you know, he, it was really food poisoning. No, it wasn't. He was totally hungover and all that. And then, you know, what happened the year that he was out of baseball? Was it, was it really a secret suspension and all that? And like, I, I would love to know the answers to all those questions. I'm not a conspiracy theory guy. I think, you know, when the, the head of the CIA can't keep the fact that he's having an affair secret, I doubt very much <laughs> that, that uh, Michael Jordan could get suspended for a year and nobody knows that this ever happened. But I, with all everything that we know about Michael Jordan, the fact that there's still so many questions that people would love to know from this guy, that, that would be my, my big one. Yeah, that's, I think that's that would one. be an unreal one, actually. I'd love to, I'd love to hear everything he has to say. Uh, okay, so that's six. Let me quickly add this up because I only have a couple minutes left here. I just want to be Andrew Gillis. That's that's really my only goal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he had a pretty sweet score, though. That's, uh, Did he? Yeah, that's going to be tough. Um, but I like your apple pie. Remember, everything was good. Football, it's definitely up there. Raspberry kiwi. See, I like kiwis. That's a tough one. Mustang. Okay. MJ, great. I think you end up with 120 points, which is unfortunately not close to Andrew Gillis, ah. but <laughs> but there's nothing we can do about it. He has a, the 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 third third all time score. So really, yes, really. Oh, okay, no. all right. But well, still, we'll very this, then. this is this is just like whose line is it anyway. It's all made up, and the points don't matter. Uh, we, we've <laughs> enjoyed ha- we, we've enjoyed having you on Talking Caps, JJ. Thanks for joining us on All Caps. Oh, the pleasure was all mine, especially Carl's stupid questions. <laughs> and and Carl, have have a great trip to uh to Vegas. Hope hope you enjoy it out there. And and then the Capitals need to win some games on this road trip, right? Yes, they do. Yeah, we're looking for some wins here. Spoil spoil the parade for Vegas, trying to get into the playoffs here. 
Yeah, I don't think that would make anybody unhappy outside of Vegas, to, to be fair, at this point. But uh, other than our, our, our friend George McPhee. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to us on All's Caps, and we'll talk to you next week.